The Weekly is supported by the Oregon State University eCampus. Do you want to take the fast track to your career in computing? You can earn your computer science degree 100% online from Oregon State and tap into unlimited career possibilities in any field. Learn more at ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the weekly brought to you by Pocket Now and XDA Developers on this day, the I'm so bad with days, uh, 5th of April <laughs> 2019. All right, so we do want to get on uh, today. We have uh, our special guest uh, that you probably saw last week, Enambong, uh, also known as Thunder E over at Board at Work. How's it going, Thunder E? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, good to be back here again. Hopefully, I can uh, help out and chime in. Mm. All right, so I think I have. There you go. Uh, one of our thank you for saying that in the live chat. It's like I don't see JV. It's like sorry, I had uh, I had a uh, E uh, clicked on there, so it was just <laughs> on him. By the way, that that podcast we did last week where um, Jaime came on for the post show. Which, by the way, Jaime, if you end up watching this, like you're always welcome to come on to the post show. Um, the guy always has uh, internet problems when he's in uh, when he's in Latin America, so it gets a little rough. But in any case, um, I accidentally had you clicked on the chat so when he was showing off the p30 no one saw it wow <laughs> wow i'm an awesome host <laughs> nice one man nice one <laughs> uh speaking of being an awesome host i am joshua vergara what's going on everybody uh and this week we actually have um i decided to change things up a little bit this week uh if you have been following the pocket now daily uh based on what jaime has been reporting every single day uh or if you've been following the news all week it's actually been kind of a slow news week not too much has actually been um, announced uh, compared to last week, of course, uh, but there have been a couple of leaks. We may talk about that a little bit later, uh, but what I do want to talk about today is about probably the biggest story that did come out at the beginning of this week, and it had to do with YouTube. Now, I understand this is a uh, product-centric uh, channel, but it is a channel, and it does live on a platform that we all uh, know and love, and that is YouTube. However, earlier this week, and I want the live chat, everyone in the live chat, I want you all to talk about this uh, so much. Like this is this is going to be practically a Q&A session because I definitely want to have this conversation. It's so interesting to me because, um, okay, so e, you've been on YouTube for how long? Uh, Ten years. All right, so ten years for for E. Um, any of my uh, any of my fellow Asian YouTube fans out there, uh, he's been on YouTube as long as Timothy Delaghetto. So that's that's awesome. <laughs> been on for quite a while. So you've seen YouTube evolve um, over the last number of years, and in the very beginning, back when they weren't even really monetizing any of the videos, like what did YouTube look like back then? If you can go down uh, memory lane a little. Oof, it was a hodgepodge back then. Um, <laughs> I started off with a website in 2007 called Board at Work, moved on um, from there. And I remember my buddy Warren Bowman from BW1.com got on YouTube um, earlier. I got on 2009. I didn't really do much with YouTube. I was kind of like, oh, okay, I can upload video. But I didn't, li I didn't have a camera. You know, using your smartphone was just not the way to go at that time. Oh, yeah. um, it was such a hot mess. We didn't know in terms of titles or what to do. If anyone can go and search my earliest video, it's crap. It is absolutely <laughs> crap. 
um, because I was just playing around at work with a, a smartphone camera and I was doing some edits with it. Or I think a, a regular camera, no, it's my regular camera that I got from my cousin. It was a 720p camera. Um, and, you know, nobody knew. I, I enjoyed those days. It was really the wild, wild west because <laughs> I have a total of 5,000. 50 videos something like that uh on youtube and if you go through if you don't have to watch the videos just look at the thumbnails and look at when the thumbnails change and custom thumbnails and even when custom thumbnails change i remember youtube was um youtube was begging influencers to go back and not begging but they were telling us a lot of times like make sure you change your thumbnails and already at that time i had a thousand videos i was like i don't have the energy to go back and change the custom thumbnails go through all of them yeah you know um so i have at least i have at least a good thousand maybe even close to two thousand videos that just don't have custom thumbnails and then there was the you know there's the uh you know taking seo seriously um i remember the days i missed the days where i would do a review on a case just mm. a case and that video would do well. I would get like 50,000 hits, 70,000 hits. Now I, I didn't even try to do a case review or a video. Like it's pointless. <laughs> uh, but then that's the maturity of the, of the network. But I've yeah. also seen it grow in specialized from being like you threw any wacky thing on YouTube to it becoming segments, right? You know, mm -hmm. we've got tech, we've got lifestyle, vlogging came, vlogging went, vlogging came back. Um, you know, we, we had fitness people, we've got, you know, different segments in YouTube where, and I found really interesting, I went to an event with Sony for the A6400 uh, a month ago, and most of the people there were all like uh, camera YouTubers. They're not, they're not tech, they're camera. Yeah. You know, and even though camera is tech, which it was really cool to see. And I'm like, I don't know any of these people. The only person I knew there were I, Justine, um, and uh, Armando. That was it. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, you know, was there. yeah, so I made, I made new friends and I connected and I'm watching their content. I'm like, ooh, even though this is really close to my segment of YouTube, that's a whole different avenue. Whole other world, yeah. You know, YouTube has gotten so huge. And not only just in terms of like the content creation aspect, but also just as the company itself. So um, the, the the question that I wanted to pose on this, uh, on this podcast has to do with a huge story, a huge deep dive that Bloomberg put out regarding the state of YouTube and why there might actually be a lot of content on YouTube that is considered, for lack of a better term, toxic. Now, you've probably seen if any of you out there in the live chat or anybody watching right now or listening in the podcast applications might know that YouTube has been in the news a lot over the last even year, maybe two years, for a lot of different pieces of content that started to uh, either be demonetized uh, due to guidelines or they were being flagged by the algorithm uh, because of the content that they that they provided because of uh, potentially harmful information, perhaps. Um, or in the most recent case, there was actually a, a um, there was a case where YouTube kids had a lot of content on there that was actually preying on children. Now, we're not going to get uh, – the, the only word that I'll use in that case is Momo, uh, but I'm not, I don't want to get into the details of the whole thing. But essentially what Bloomberg said is that um, the executives over that YouTube um, potentially had ignored – they had, they had ignored or rather just decided not to address all of these issues because in, in paraphrasing their words, essentially the growth of the platform was more important to them than curating the content. Now, the reason why I want to bring this up is because we've heard that word a lot recently, content cre uh, curation. Um, content curation was actually a phrase that was used a lot by Apple in their event last week. 
that humans were going to uh, curate the content. They were going to make sure that the content was actually um, catered to each user. It was not going to be um, it was it was it was not going to be about an algorithm, an AI based software based algorithm actually trying to uh, control the content because there are ways of getting around an algorithm. And that's the biggest problem that YouTube has right now. So the question that I wanted to, to ask and the reason why I love have I love the fact that E is on here is because we are YouTubers. We have been on this platform for a long time and uh, we're, we're not trying to start up a conversation about drama on YouTube. That's not the case here. This is on a system executive level on a platform that we all use a lot. You want to talk about devices? YouTube is the most viewed um, network on any, on practically any device, especially mobile. So the the question that I have here is that like, you know, you don't, you don't get into any of the uh, crazy content out on YouTube, right? You ever fall down like a YouTube hole? <laughs> I mean, the, once in a while I end up in some of the conspiracy holes. Uh, oh, really? Because, yeah. Just, it's weird. Like I will watch, uh, I may watch like Joe Rogan and he mm-hmm. will talk, cover a topic and and I might either search that topic. I'm like, okay, hmm, let me see about this guy, this other guy that I interviewed. And then from there, it's like, oh, okay, stop. Like, I'm not trying to go there. Um, and the algorithm has become really aggressive lately. Um, I just notice it from the type of content I watch. So on my feed, I don't see you guys anymore. I do get the notifications for you guys more promptly now. Um as long as I have the notification bell. So I get yours, I get uh, Saf's, I get uh, David's, I get Pocket now. Um, I get those notifications quickly. Uh, but but my feed, you know, I'm a big comic book guy, I'm an anime guy. If I watch two anime videos or, or watch, I, I, you know, I usually do this. I like to watch anime fights. So once in a while, it would just it would dawn on me to go, and, and lately I've been watching a lot of either uh, My Hero Academia fights, or I will go back and watch Naruto, uh, Sasuke versus Momoshiki, and after that, I get inundated. I get one more suggestion about like a new anime channel. I'm like, oh, this is cool. This guy's like top 10 anime fights, because usually they always show fights that I don't see, so I'm like, oh, let me check it out, and next minute, it's just anime galore like, after yeah. that, and I'm like, guys... No, then I stop. And then, um, you know, when it's trailer reaction time, I used to do a lot of trailer reactions. I've stopped. I have another channel where I do some for big, you know, bigger movies. Um, Avengers Endgame trailer reaction came out. I watched oh, yeah, one. For sure. I know the people that I, there, there are a couple of people I usually go watch their trailer reactions. I'm not subscribed to all of them, but I know their channel, so I'll just type it in. But once I watch one, especially when it comes to movie studio stuff, it's over. It just gives me a bunch of people like, uh, you, you know, newer YouTubers who I don't know, which is cool. But I'm like, you're pushing this too much. And, you know, if if you know the algorithm can do that, then there are ways for you to game the system. I don't know specifically how, but if you know the algorithm can, you know, is very aggressive in finding things that, quote unquote, you like. So mm-hmm. if you can attach your very insensitive video or um you know whatever kind of video it is uh through seo to those kind of videos then you know the algorithm will push those in anyway or at least some of that especially if your title is clickbaity and not actually you know to the fact yeah 
Um, yeah, and that's that's basically what the whole idea is. There was actually one portion in this story, and um, I'll have it linked in the description. Uh, that way everyone can kind of see th – this is a way for us to kind of share with you what kind of life we have as these content creators in the background. Um, and I always like to do these kind of deep dives into these sort of existential questions because um, YouTube themselves were actually given a suggestion where you could create a third tier of content. So if content at all on YouTube was being uh, flagged by the algorithm, them that it is harmful and that um, it's not something that they want to push, then they're not going to push it. It's not going to be part of the recommended tab. It's not going to be in the suggestions in the sidebar. Um, and uh, it still lives on the platform. You can search for that content and find it if you wanted to, but it wouldn't be part of suggested and it wouldn't be pushed at all. But what the uh, what the engineer over at YouTube said was actually while that might be a good suggestion, it wouldn't take long for the people to actually figure out a way to get those videos past that layer of the algorithm. And it's like that's that's the crazy part because like we have we have networks like YouTube and later we're going to talk a little bit about social media as well um, and the health of viewers and people who are on the uh, on those platforms. Um, and of course, there's so much stuff to sift through that the only way for a company to even try and control it is through automatic systems. But now we're seeing that, you know, such things can be exploited. I know exactly what you're talking about, you where like I would watch content on YouTube. I, I tend to watch a lot of, uh, there are certain channels I watch like uh, Game Grumps for Gaming and I watch Just Kidding News. And the autoplay is such a powerful button to have because once you hit play on any one of those videos, there are so many videos related to that that are, might be coming from that channel that are just all over the suggested side. And it's just going to be an endless array of videos from there. Um, I've actually done that with the Pocket Now Weekly when I was first uh, coming onto the podcast. I started listening to and watching the Pocket Now Weekly. And uh, when I would turn it on, it would always play yet another video. But if you were to do the same thing here on Pocket Now's channel, what would happen is any video you click on here, it'll always go to a daily. The reason why? There's so many dailies. <laughs> there are so many. So many dailies, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have an autoplay of just incessant dailies all day. <laughs> so I may credit to you for that. But <laughs> um, but that's the way that the autoplay works in a way. And so the question that I have here, um, and I, I do have a few uh, messages in the live chat that are pertinent to this question. And this is a question that I was asking you while we were getting ready for this podcast last night. I was just kind of giving you uh, a bit of a snapshot as to what I wanted to talk about today. As Apple is having, uh, as as Apple is working to have people uh, actually curate the content in places like Apple Newsstand, Apple News Plus, Apple TV Plus, Apple TV, Apple Channels. Um, there's so many things. <laughs> um, is the onus on the company itself to curate the content for the safety of its own viewers? Uh, it's a mixed answer. Apple has an easy task. Whatever they're talking about is easy, and I'll tell you why. They don't have the user base like YouTube or Facebook. One, mm. they may have devices. They don't have a user base. It's two different things. Number okay. two, curating news content is actually easy because um, they've set up steps that you have to be a legitimate news organization, which is what Facebook needs to do as well. All right. So that also cuts out a lot of people in there. Right. And if... Unless, of course, you know, for whatever reason, you know, the New York Times or the Washington Post decides to go, you know, super crazy and writes crazy editorials. Other than that, that curation for them is an easy process because they did the very good step of saying, you know what, 
you must be a recognized news organization and must fit this media. And then we also are going to look at your history for you before you join. So looking at the history, they've got 300 magazines. That's actually not hard because they can hire enough people to do that. When it comes mm. to Facebook or YouTube in particular, in our case, it's very difficult because YouTube has how many billion videos and billion it's hours something. per minute? Per minute, yeah, per, yeah, exactly. It, it, it is insane the amount of hours, and I've we, I've had this discussion when I used to have my own podcast, and Sam and I used to have have discussions like this. YouTube fell on the ball because they switched strategies at some point when they tried to make premium YouTube content, and they've gone away from that. YouTube mm-hmm. fell when they didn't realize that they needed to take care of their creators. That's what happens when you when you don't take care of your creators you you tend to have these kind of issues this is what stems up while facebook on the other hand has issues with live streaming because they don't have creators they just have everyone live streaming so there's no benefit so if you look at youtube for instance um youtube instituted ten thousand. you get um uh revenue share right um back in the day was much harder to be a youtube partner it was just difficult to get in um there was it wasn't necessarily a ten thousand threshold it was like it was view count and then also um you know watch time a little bit but view count numbers consistently a few other things but it was hard to get to be a partner so that that level is there but then they haven't created tiers within that level for us to make sense so the tiers are oh you know when you get a hundred thousand you get a youtube um silver button yeah, and then you could wait to a million to get to the next one, and then ten million. That is, I get it. That's too far in between, in my mind. And also, I mean, my look. Just to be honest and clear, I used to have a YouTube partner, uh, partner manager. He left YouTube, and mm-hmm. I haven't heard from anyone to say, "Hey, we're your new partner manager." So I have no. Even though I have a direct access to YouTube, I've got none. Really, like zero. They don't help me to do anything to say, even if they, you know, they always tell you us that we, they can't tell us the algorithm because they don't know, but giving you incentives. Because if you look at it this way, if, if I am creating videos, even if I'm not doing anything sadistic, I'm going, but I'm going 10,000 is where I need to get into start earning revenue. And then 100,000 is the first mark where you get the silver button. And then to me, YouTube should start doing a point system or a grading system where the things you do on the platform gain you points, whether you can get assistance in certain things, the, like gamification of some of these services, especially when you have free content creators. YouTube, okay, YouTube can sit down and say, look, we provide the service space for you. We've got a ton of servers out there. We pay lots of money. And then, but we go, we give you the content and you're taking 45%. That's how much they take from our content in terms of mm. cuts. So yeah, 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 45%, that's huge. It's not 55. So we're giving you a lot of money that you can use to actually incentivize us to make better content. I've said this before, if YouTube wanted to, to f- go against Hollywood in terms of producing good content, they didn't have to go the YouTube premium right. They needed to spend time with the tiers of influencers. If you develop those tiers, you develop your future movie makers for YouTube. True, but like how would that how would that take into account virality in terms of a channel that has no record that just happens to have a video that might go viral simply because it does game that system? 
Um, yeah, but know. but see, what it does is that when you okay, when you have tiers, you have people in the system. Your algorithm doesn't spend time watching them; it watches the rest. Mm. Mm, I see what you mean. Because I'm not going to put up anything crazy to lose the money I'm getting from YouTube. I'm not yeah. nuts. You won't do that either. Anyone yeah. who's making money, anyone who's, I mean, yes, you're making money, but like right now it's, 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 it's still a mini wild west, but when it's a tiered system where, you know, like, Hey, look, oh, I need to do these things. Hopefully I can build, you know, build my, my channel brand, get in the audience that fits. And then YouTube will recognize, Oh, okay. All right. I see this guy's doing all these things. Even if I'm doing it and it's not working, then they can now go, okay, you're doing the right things, but maybe you need to tweak. It's easier for them to now come in and say, you need to help. They, they can help you. But because of that, then the algorithm can spend time looking at any video that spikes up immediately and mm. go, what is this video? From where? Oh, this is not, I mean, like, it's simple. Spike up video. Is this from board at work? Okay. All right. Tech. Good. Yeah. M you know, makes sense. As opposed to spike video. This guy has a thousand subscribers. I mean, what is this? Hey, Google, pause. Even though so, I on the so in the case of people who are actually like consistent creators especially ones that are making money it's more it, it's adding in a certain layer of meritocracy here so if you have good merit then like you are like you're good but we're going to definitely like we're gonna let the the algorithm at least not we but the algorithm will police all other content yeah i can i can see where that's coming from that's actually not a that's that's not a bad idea everything actually. is incentivized in this world look you know it from from grade school you know i mean look I mean, I, I, I don't know how it is here, but when I was growing up, when my, you know, my, uh, even though it's, I would say it's not a good thing to do with your kids, but we used, they used to have competition with which kids in the family got the best grades. So because <laughs> yeah. of that, because of that, like, I mean, I mean, you come from an Asian family, I'm African family, they all do that kind of stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I need to get that Super Nintendo. So yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna bust my, I'm gonna bust my butt here. So that's what needs to happen. I'm not saying that people don't do that. I'm saying that sometimes it becomes futile. But when there's something tangible to get, you know, right. it, sorry, when something tangible, it makes a lot of sense. Look at Samsung Pay. That's the only service I can think of in terms of a company right now. That the reason I like to use it when I when it first came out was because Samsung Pay had points. The points mm -hmm. you could use to redeem stuff. Or enter into their giveaways. And they still have it going on constantly. Now they have cashback. Before they had cashback, they had points. So even if you cared about cashback and went and getting cashback, you're like, oh, but, you know, with the points, I could get myself a Samsung TV, like a 40-inch for my, you know, my, my second bedroom. All right, cool. <laughs> and it, and it, um, it promotes, like I was saying before, it promotes merit. It yeah, it promotes merit. And it makes you a yeah. good user on the system so yeah. that it's easier to pinpoint the bad users on the system. Okay, I could see that. I'm not saying um, it's, just, it's not going to be perfect, but I, I think that would, would make a lot of sense. It, it's at least a suggestion. And I think the main problem was that um, – the main problem from that Bloomberg article or Deep Dive was that while suggestions were being made to YouTube, it wasn't as if they were actually enacting any of them. So that, that, that's the big problem right now. That's the, whole, that's the whole thing right now. And the reason why we're using YouTube is because uh, – we're using YouTube as the talking point right now is because that's where the biggest story came from. But we're going to get into the other social media um, – uh, in a second, but I do want to get into the live chat a little bit. Uh, Lars Ray Jepsen. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how someone like YouTube or Facebook can possibly curate content. It's just not possible. People are responsible for their own content, not the platform. 
Um, so yes, personal responsibility. I do agree with that. That um, there are those creators who, for for the most part, like they don't they don't they don't act up. They're on the they're on the platform and they make the platform money, but they also make the platform enjoyable for all of the viewers. There are still a majority. Why, even though everyone might say that everyone and their mothers has a YouTube channel right now, and it does feel that way. Um, I mean, frick, I have two channels, right? <laughs> um, but there are still, by and large, a majority of people who don't have channels who are just the viewers, and it's it's for them. It, like this, these these services are for those people. Us creators, like we're here because we love doing what we do. But ultimately, our content is for the people who would come and view it. Um, so I agree with that that there is some personal responsibility involved. But as uh, as E here is saying, there has to be a way of incentivizing those people to remain good on the platform, and then they can weed out the rest. Um, but here's here's a here's a here's another sort of um, perspective on this. YouTube should be a mess for those who want a mess, good, bad, educational, and everything. Uh, now here's the part that I want you to respond to, E, if you can. Once YouTube gets all family friendly, it will die fast. I kind of don't think that's the case here. It's not like you're going on YouTube to watch porn, for example. Like, it's, like family friendly can encompass so many different things. You can curse on YouTube, maybe not too much, but you can curse on YouTube, for example. It doesn't have to be so PG or even G. It doesn't have to be G all the time. No, I, I think um, who who made that statement? Oh, that would be Victor. Victor is 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 stating a a fear that execs are are probably thinking. That is an executive level fear. The fact that if we curtail it down, because they've made some, the problem is YouTube has always made these harsh things when Apocalypse happened the first time, they just went and clamped down. And a lot of creators were like, what is going on? Like you're stifling us. And not understanding that to me, you have to build your system to match as it grows. The problem is YouTube has not done that. And they've let it expand into a monster that now they created another machine to to drive this monster and the machine is having issues. Like literally, if you think of it that way, is that YouTube started as this hodgepodge and then it's, it became something where people um, had a, um, a unifying area for you to view content. But now they're having a hard time yeah. with it. And that's where their problem lies is that they're having a hard time dealing with content dealing mm -hmm. with the ability to actually craft stuff like this and that's giving them this is giving them issues and i think that's where they need to make changes is that they need to understand that look we have to craft a system that is sensible we have to connect with they don't connect with us mm -hmm. so even if i get it uh, for to me any platform if you really want people to fully buy in and curtail them you have to connect doesn't matter what it is whether it's a small business or something as large as youtube or facebook or any other social media is that you have to connect with them so that you will none of this none of the issues will end but when you can curtail it then it's easier for you to deal with a lot of things and i yeah. think that's where youtube is having these issues that they've not spent time uh with that um you know uh, sorry, I just saw a comment here from Adi Anel says. I do want to, yeah, I do want to bring that up in a second. <laughs> 
But yeah, I, I, I do want to switch gears, actually. Like, you know, YouTube has been our main point of contention when it comes to this. We are actually also talking about, um, you know, just sort of in a, in a microcosm, we're also talking about digital wellness here because we are also talking about the fact that uh, viewers might be on the platform so much. And that's exactly what they want. They want you to stay on the platform. And that's true not only for YouTube, but for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we're going to get into that in a second. Uh, we don't have a mid-roll for this week, so we don't really have uh, an opportunity for a break. Uh, but this is just a discussion that I, I found very interesting, and, uh, and Ian and I wanted to make sure to have this with all of you so that we can get some of your um, some of your thoughts as well on it. Um, as far as actual product and device news that happened this week, there wasn't really a whole lot. There were leaks of the Oppo Reno, and I did want to get a hot take from you about that. Did you see this leak of the Oppo Reno? You mean the uh, Google Pixel 4? <laughs> yeah, that, that everyone's saying it's going to be the – that's how the Pixel 4 will be is that it has a fin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, the, the Marquez did a video. I almost laughed because I felt like it's like Marquez took, used that as his basis. Um, the Reno looks pretty good. Um, no bezels. It's got a 10x zoom according to the rumors. Um, and it's got this fin pop-out. I mean, the fin pop-out is fine. It's it's a different way of doing things. Was it motorized? I forget. Is it motorized it, or does it just it, pop it, it probably is motorized to make it easier because oh. if you if – you, if you if you pop, most users won't pop it. That's the thing. You got to mm-hmm. think of it that way. What I also want to add, though, is have you seen the um, the renders for the Galaxy A90? No, I haven't. Actually, uh, GSM Arena, check it out. Uh, the A90 has is from Samsung. Uh, zero bezels. Also, um, it has a slider that slides out, and the rear camera rotates towards to the front camera. Oh, this was oh yeah, this was just hours ago too. Yeah, so that's that's also very interesting that you know Samsung is going that route with its its high end mid tier um, with the A, and I think the A is rumored to have a 700 series processor, which is very close to being 800. Honestly, wow. it's, yeah. I, so I they've like got that. they've got a video on there too as well for for some of the renders. It's it's something to just take a look at. But I, I have to say this: it's quite interesting. It is. It is for sure. Speaking of interesting, um, I do uh, I do want to start having a, uh, a couple of recurring segments on the on the uh, on the show, especially when we have guests on. Uh, but we can ask everybody, and literally, this is super. Like this is this is a very uh, open form type of question. Uh, I want to start a recurring segment here during our mid break of the podcast called "What's in Your Pocket Now." And um, I want to I want to ask E that, but in this case, it's not about what's in his pocket. It's about what's on your face, and that has to do with the commenter in the live chat that you were laughing at a second ago. <laughs> yes, no, the kernel is not getting old. I know they look a little <laughs> funky. These are the Focal by North. Uh, these are the smart glasses by Focal. Um, it's an interesting process to actually get this pair of glasses. Uh, it. The price dropped from 1000 to 600 uh, You have to set up an appointment. They have to scan your face. Um, and then after scanning your face, they get you fitted for glasses. Now, it's got clip-ons for shades as well. You can get, oh, them, pres- yeah, you can get them prescription if you need a prescription. Um, it does have this, this uh, fingering controller right here. So that's oh. how actually you control it. Um, and usually you put it either in your index or your, you know, this finger here, I keep ring finger, yeah. ring finger, well, ring finger on the right hand side. Um, and that's how you control it. Then when you go to pay you, when, when they are ready, they say it takes three to four weeks. It actually took mine two weeks. 
um, when you get them ready, you have to get an appointment to get it fitted again because it only has a very small area here on your screen where you can actually see. So if my glasses are a little lower, it's not that clear. I have to actually place them correctly and I can see it. So as I'm looking at the screen, I can see my date and time. I can scroll through and there are a couple of options and there you, for you. are using the ring to scroll through Yeah, I'm using the ring to scroll through. So sometimes like I, I'd use it on the subway today and I'm just staring straight ahead <laughs> and I'm looking at stuff. It's cool though, because if you just look slightly off, you can't see it at all mm. if i'm looking down now at the laptop i'm using my laptop here i can't see it but i look up i can see my messages um i i have to set up uber where i can actually order an uber directly from here i can control my spotify uh, so they're adding new applications um as as it goes on um and you know it's that kind of thing where we just see how how well it works but it's interesting it's actually easy to use with this because i'm just looking directly at the camera <laughs> you know um, you know, it's funny though. That, that little display um, it shows up in it shows up like to viewers and also to me uh, as I'm looking at you. It shows up as a little like red area. Oh, you so, can like, you can see the red area, right? Yeah. Oh, so okay. like it looks that's like you, it looks like you have pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's interesting. Thanks for thanks for heads up there. So yeah, yeah. it's it's got this. Uh, I'm gonna take them off here. Uh, I usually I don't wear glasses. This is not me. Yeah, this is uh, such a uh, this is such a new look for you. Yeah, so to me, this is how it looks. This is it here. You've got to the. I don't know if you guys can see that. There's the 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 camera projector that basically bounces on the screen. Oh. There's an LED here. There's a little speaker that you can get chimes and messages on the side there. Um and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I need to get it cleaned up, but. It's nice. So battery life is um, 16 to 18, 18 hours. Okay. Um, some people said they've gotten – he said some people have gotten it longer. It lasts them like an extra day. It all depends on how much messages you use. I turned off my YouTube notification on there because if not, it would just keep going. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, the ring uh, battery life is three days for the ring. It comes in a massive case. I mean – so this is the case. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's like a charging pin in the case. The case also does three days on its own. Um, and then your clip-on for your sunglasses are also in here as well. So I know a lot of the viewers are probably thinking like, what the heck is the price of that thing? <laughs> uh, so the price is $600. If you add a few – if you gain prescriptions, a little bit more. But mm. since I, I don't have a prescription, for me, it's 600 bucks. Yeah, I would need that. Yeah, I would need a prescription for mine. Yeah, I just use these. So I this, use clip-ons. So like, so this I'm is it with that. the clip-ons here. There you go. Yeah. And that would that would actually mask the red area. So you know. <laughs> yeah, but I think you can only see the red area if you're this close where my camera is, and because you're looking on the camera. Okay. So yeah. my camera is literally here where my finger is. I'm almost touching it. Okay. So only so so only for us here on the YouTube side, um, and uh, E does not have pink eye. Just letting you know, <laughs> no pink eye, no pink eye, no pink eye. <laughs> so um, as the host, obviously, I'm going to have uh, to be part of this as well, and it's going to be interesting because I have to pick a new item basically every week uh, to show what is in my pocket now. There's some and, some um, things you can't talk about either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Though I will admit that one's in my backpack. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, but what I have here would be the um, Xiaomi Mi 9, which I've been using as my daily for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I did actually just post up a video this week. It's probably the only video that's going on. Yeah, this that week was for that me. video was pretty nice though. The quality was good. I liked it. It wasn't bad, but the mics on here are like they're they're laughably bad in, in when it comes to when it comes to recording video. When I have it this close for like voice messages and for calling and all that, it's super clear, but it just doesn't have a good pickup from a distance. So that's that's actually a bit of a disappointment. So I would say that this is not for vloggers. Uh, if you know me from my from my channel, um, I talk about how uh, I talk about who what what type of users these phones are for. This may not necessarily be for vloggers because of the audio pickup. It's just not that great. But otherwise, the phone has been pretty fantastic. I, I I have to admit, everyone always has something to say about the Android operating systems on phones like LG's UI, for example. Um, everyone has something to say about EMUI. Uh, this is MIUI. MIUI, uh, it's gotten so good, honestly. Like, I, it's, it's fast. It's easy to use. I really enjoy it a lot. MIUI is... Uh, I could use that on the daily, and I have been recently, so... Let me just give a uh, let me just give a shout out to Xiaomi. Uh, so far, the Mi Nine, pretty good. Review coming out pretty soon. All right. So, speaking of the stuff that is on our phones, um, we do have. Uh, I want to spend a little bit of time getting into the other uh, the other sides of this discussion we're having about content curation, but also about our attention, where our attention is, and obviously the buzzword that everybody is using these days is called digital wellness, and you see a bunch of phones like the iPhone and uh, Android on a system level now has a digital wellness layer where you can um, see what apps you're using all the time, where your attention is at all times. Uh, <laughs> in my case, it's usually on YouTube, of course, as we were talking, but I also play a lot of games. So it's like YouTube, games, camera, and then music. Those are the four, I would say. Uh, Instagram is actually a fairly distant fifth. Um, and I'm going to ask you where yours might be. You don't have to look right now, but just off the top of your head. Uh, but there have been a couple of videos over the last couple of weeks uh, that were on YouTube, obviously. Casey Neistat was, was talking about how he wanted to uh, uninstall the applications on his smartphone because he is sick of having his attention dedicated to places like Twitter and Instagram. And I don't know if anyone out there saw his video. Um, I mean, millions did. It's, it's Casey Neistat after all. But he talked about how he, he called it the attention loop. And I thought it was a hilarious way for him to put it, uh, where he, he, he wants to pay attention to one story. So he goes on Twitter and he finds the tweet about it. But then he gets curious about all of the follow-ups that are happening on Twitter for it. So he reads all of that. And then he finds himself using even more of his attention, uh, even though he only wanted to have two minutes of it taken up by the fact that he wanted to check on one news story. And it's just this endless loop. <laughs> It's this absolute endless loop of attention being given to Instagram and Twitter. Uh, that one was Twitter, but he also said Instagram has the, the, the same issue as well. Um, he talked a little bit about the algorithm on Instagram, basically making it so that every post that you see is based upon the accounts that you frequent the most. And that's why the Discover tab, in my case, is all wrestling. <laughs> it's like, it's WrestleMania week. It's WrestleMania weekend this weekend. I've been, I've been following WWE, and my Discover tab is literally all just wrestlers and wrestling clips. And, they're all, and just like on YouTube, you have all of these users who are getting onto the platform and just creating content for Instagram that has to do with wrestling. And these are not even official accounts for wrestlers or wrestling promotions. These are just random. Like, you, you've probably seen these, right, with your anime stuff on Instagram? My, like my Instagram is – no, mine's not anime, though. Mine is oh, really? mine is all martial arts. You know, I put a lot of fitness and Muay Thai stuff on my Instagram. 
So yeah. I'm looking at mine right here is I've got a lot of karate kumites. There's some fitness uh, individuals here. I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't say it's fitness models. Um, and <laughs> there's a lot, but there's a lot of karate. Uh, I follow uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I follow, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's his name again? I, Dolph Lundgren. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at some more Taekwondo. There's this kick right there. But even then, if if you look oh, at oh my camera just look, died, did it? Did it die? Oh okay, I thought it was just a feed thing, but yeah, it looks. I guess I did. Yeah. Um. But like, if you look at if you look at the discover tab in your Instagram, you'll know, you'll notice that while all of the content is geared towards the interest that you have told Instagram, hey, show me more of this, and that's really how all these algorithms work. Um. A lot of those accounts are not even actual like official accounts for that kind of stuff. Oh no, um, no, they're, they're not. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like, um, God, is even like in your case, it would be like Jean Claude Van Damme fans. With yeah, yeah, course. you know what I mean. Jean Claude, he doesn't post that much. You know, like when he posts, <laughs> when he posts, it comes up on my feed. But my my discovery tab is all the fan stuff from Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah, this is the mm-hmm. kick. Wow, that was that's too bright. <laughs> I just realized I was trying to show you an image and yeah. Oh nice. Yeah. So it's stuff like that that shows up on my feed. Yeah. But this is this is exactly the kind of stuff that uh this is it just sorry, I got messed up my thought there. This is exactly where um algorithms can be exploited. And this is if you want a great example of how algorithms can be exploited, it's right there. Is the fact that you can create an account that just is a little bit in the realm of people's interests and then it can be anything else. It could be whatever you want it to be. And it could it could end up being very harmful in a way. Um, Kwame Cole, they were supposed to make Instagram in chronological order and that never happened. I hate seeing things from four days ago. Exactly. The algorithm is trying to show you things that it thinks you are, that, that it thinks are relevant to you. Um, and nothing is chronological anymore. Like it, pretty much we should, we should have eye trackers to show how many times we look at the bottom of a post to see how long ago it was. <laughs> Cause like, that's like the most common thing I do on Instagram is like, when was that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, you know, so it, so Casey Neistat, we had this discussion yesterday to that Casey Neistat was trying to uninstall these applications and to take his attention back. But you were telling me yesterday that you think that that's actually a half measure. It's a, okay. It, I mean, it's a bit of a half measure. I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, like I've, we, this discussions are the discussions I've, I've had for a while. I mean, we've, when I used to have my podcast, we used to talk about this a lot. And like Sam is one of those people where he is not on Facebook that much anymore. And he didn't, you know, and, and I, I, I think that's even the better approach. If you're going to cut off a piece of social media, you might cut it off, sure. But you have to remind yourself, why did you get there in the first place, right? Mm. What's the main reason there? And then you decide how you want to use it. So once I started spending time as an influencer, I realized how I was good to use social media. And I decided anything I put up there is what I just, I'm sharing to everybody. doesn't matter even if Facebook sells it or whatever, right? That's just, I've accepted that fact. And I think that's one half or one quarter of what everybody needs to understand. Even if you're not an influencer, it's that whatever you put up on social media is not yours anymore. It's for the world and mm-hmm. the, the company itself. It's freemium, right? Um, then there's also the aspect of you can't dwell on those aspects. So there's one thing that we used to do and we still kind of do is that Sam will send me a story 
from he likes it he uses reddit a lot so he was sending from reddit or whatever source and i used to send stories from facebook like i would see it on facebook and then i'll read and send it but what we did what we did subconsciously initially we would share stories and i'll be like i don't think that's correct i saw the same article from here here and here and this is missing or this is not there and we used to cross check ourselves and say hey look that's old i don't think that's correct news um uh, i don't think it's factual because anytime we see something like now, anytime we see something, I look for four sources. I just have to look for four sources. Uh, it's annoying as hell, but <laughs> that's just the way it is. Because without forget social media, it's also uh, it's it's something that has been happening over time. It's not social media that caused this. Social media is the ask, access. This is something we've been doing constantly. Remember how I spoke to you about um, what we are, what we are experiencing is what celebrities have experienced forever. It's just oh, yeah. now the average man is experiencing it. What I mean here is that your celebrities have all, you know, people complain about social media. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm getting inundated with a lot of information, people bugging me, all this kind of stuff. As a celebrity, they've been doing this for a long time where people bug them, fans bug them, uh, paparazzi bug them. They, they are always the center of attention. So when we get some fame on social, you don't have to be an influencer to be actually famous on social media. You could just have a very rabid following because of something you do, right? And you yeah. become, and it doesn't have to be super big. You could have 45,000 and, and people are like uh, on Instagram, people are like, oh my God, man, I love whenever he posts pictures of this and blah, 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 and this and mm -hmm. that. We're experiencing some of that, and now we realize that that not equipped for it. <laughs> that exactly that experience is not built for the mass audience. Yeah, that experience it was always a certain set of people because we know whenever you heard a story of a celebrity getting pissed and like I don't want to sign your autograph and pushes people away and stuff, you're like, oh, how ungrateful that person is. Like you know, we're the ones who helped you get to this position. <laughs> now you're in that position and you're complaining about Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or whatever. The, I mean, the one thing. I would say everybody should do or can do is you step away, you spend less or you do less on that platform because when you come back, it also feels fresh. You're like, oh, what am I missing? Sometimes it's not that fresh. Sometimes it is. Um, you know, Facebook. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember a study that was done where they added a timer. They like they gave they gave a time limit to um, I want to say teenagers or preteens mm -hmm. uh, about how long they could be on any one application. And obviously, this had to do with Twitter, uh, Instagram, and social media and whatnot. Um, it incited anger <laughs> so much from them because they wanted to stay on those platforms. And like going back to the whole idea of or is the onus on the company? Uh, like they, their number one goal is to keep you on their platform. And so yes, there is personal responsibility involved. But I just wanted to bring up that I remember reading that 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 I should I got to try to find that study again. But it was it was one of those like small sample size stories. But like basically, it showed that they were upset anytime the timer went off and they couldn't use that app anymore. And instead of like moving on to something that was more productive, they were just upset that they couldn't use Facebook anymore. Who, who was in the study? Teens? I think it was teens. Yeah. I want to say it was like, uh. definitely younger younger folk. Look, that's what parenting is all about. I'm not a parent, but I I know very well how my mom like could tell me from playing my Super Nintendo. It's the same thing. I mean, I didn't play during school year. I'm not saying you have to stop kids not using social media during school year, but you have to provide that sense of balance in their heads. I mean, I have little, I have younger cousins, and I don't curtail their social media because I know their parents don't. But they 
you know, they've spent time teaching them that look, you can't spend time here because you still have to do certain things. You have to make money. You have to be able to get a career. You have to be able to grow as an individual. And those are the kind of things that are missing. And again, that's personal responsibility, whether it's from the parents, whether it's the individual or child, whatever the case may be. And I think understanding that aspect of social media that not look, no one is your friend. Let's just be honest. Everyone who follows me, everyone who follows Pocket Now, everyone who follows Joshua, you guys are not my friends. And I'm not your friend. And not in a bad way. The fact that we don't know anything about each other to actually come into that true experience of what a friend is. We mm. are, at the very most, acquaintances that have a certain interest at hand, and we work on that interest. Now, once people realize that, they know, okay, fine, yeah, there are people that can connect you. You can build a friendship online. There's nothing wrong with that. It's very possible. But we need, we need to understand that there is that gap. And yes, there's also responsibility on the companies as well. Like they need to understand how their audience is, what to curtail. You know, we talked about Facebook and, and live streaming and the fact that, I mean, I believe that that's something that they should only hand to creators and they should have added a level of meritocracy also. Facebook mm -hmm. also wasted a huge opportunity on not paying their, their, their users, but actually giving people on Facebook points. You report something erroneous, you get points. You know, if you yeah. see, you know, uh, it, when Facebook went public soon after, they should have had a, a, a point system on Facebook where, yeah, you are you can enjoy Facebook the way it is. But if you help the platform, you get points which you can cash in for different things. Hey, maybe an Oculus headset, maybe, uh, you know, their web, you know, their their camera system, maybe uh, a game, you know, a lot of, you know, Facebook games, like, uh, then you, then your, your dedicated time there makes a lot of sense. Again, you, you, you gamify it where it makes sense for the user. And now, now when you're using their content and selling their content, they also know that they've benefited from this. Yeah, for sure. At some point. Um, so I mean, I, 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 everyone in the live chat is talking about those headphones behind you, uh, but I wanted to ask the live chat uh, as we wind down the last five to ten minutes of this podcast. I just want to see. I, I want to. I want to do a temperature check with all of our viewers and our listeners. Uh, also, let us know at hashtag PN Weekly. Um, how much do you curate your own attention? How much do you curate your own social media use? I mean, uh, I, I know for myself, I I only really find myself on. Uh, social media platforms a whole lot really at night honestly it's basically after everything else is done but the problem that i have there is that since i'm scrolling through instagram and watching ig stories incessantly uh, it keeps me from sleeping so that's my number one problem with it but i wouldn't really say like i like, like i said in the youtube sec section as far as like harmful content on all these platforms i don't engage in any of that stuff that's why it's hard for me to actually talk about it at length because i don't actually watch any of it um, I don't actually engage in it whatsoever. I, I fell on one prank channel on April Fool's Day because of Twitter, and I want to unsee that. <laughs> I want those I want those five minutes back from my life because I can't believe I actually watched what I watched. I don't even want to talk about it, but that's what I mean. It's like it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me, but apparently those videos do definitely go viral. They have millions of views, and that's the problem we have here is whether or not these companies should be curating the content for the safety of their viewers. So I guess as we wind down this podcast, I guess I would ask you, uh, what 
What tips would you have for people to sort of get, make themselves even safer on the internet? Like we could talk about digital wellness, but also talking about content on the internet, what they can do to ensure that they're not uh, either using up all their attention or putting their attention into things that might be ultimately harmful. Go out. <laughs> I mean, I have to attest to this. This is true. I actually have spent more time in this office and in my home over the last two weeks uh, working Granted, but it, but that also means that I'm susceptible to being on YouTube for hours and hours on end, consuming content rather than creating it. That's for people like me and UE. That's the big. That's the big thing. If we're consuming more than we're creating, we have a big problem. Oh yeah, we do. I mean, there there are bouts where I've consumed like uh, a lot of entertainment, anime, you know, comic book movie stuff, and now I'm like, okay, I need to make my video, man. Oh God, you know, but. Sometimes it's just good to step out. It's good to explore the the idea of or or, or listen. I had a good period um, last week where I finished one of the audiobooks I was listening to, which is uh, the fifth book in the Expand series. If you oh, nice. want a book series to read, go read that. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and I just and it's been a while since I've done that. I sat down on my couch here. I've got a big TV. I have shows I have to watch. I spent two hours listening, just just listening, and it was a really good experience. To and it, it let me step out away from what I need to. Sometimes you need to. The thing about any any form of entertainment is that too much. Again, the, the age old saying, too much. You know, too much of any good thing is bad. So. Mm-hmm find other avenues whether it's go out you know the weather's getting better it's time to you know head to the beach or the park or you play sports you play some basketball some football soccer whatever it is hang out with friends uh get to know your neighborhood it's it may sound silly you know there are things that happen find out what happens around you if you're going to get use to your neighborhood i love that one like yeah. when's the last time you actually knew your neighbors like you know <laughs> i mean i do actually in my building my neighbors are actually oh in your building yeah, yeah. i bet especially yeah. especially with the place that you have but yeah. like i know me like living in a in, in a home with my family i I, I don't know anybody on my street. Like. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, but or at least get to know your neighborhood, right? Find out what's happening in the city, right? Uh, events, some festivals. The thing that's happening now in our culture is that uh, it's something that's always been happening in New York. It's spiraled around the country and it happens on the West Coast is that a lot of cities are trying to do things to get people, you know, so there's a lot of festivals. There might be like a craft beer, craft beer festival. Uh, there might mm-hmm. be, you know, a, a convention. There might be a small anime comic book convention uh, that, you know, it's like 20 bucks for a ticket. You go check it out. Uh, and you, lo and behold, you see uh, a TV actor that you, from a show. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't know you guys came here. You know, like I thought you only <laughs> went to the big cities, but they do all those conventions. So there's a lot to see and do. Um and for some places, it's smaller than the others, but just try and do something else. Because when you yeah. do that, then you realize that, oh, and then you, the things that when you go back and check your timeline and you now speed through, you're like, oh shit, I'm already back to where I was. And it was only like 10 things. That, I have to say, that is a depressing thing. Like, I, whenever I'm on Instagram and I see a photo I've seen already, I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, I, I've, I've literally gone through everything everyone else has done. Yeah. <laughs> 
since the last time I've been here. Uh, from our live chat, a few people talking. Uh, Peter Hayden, I think it's important to not get too distracted with some of the other content and be sure to step away if you ever feel like you end up spending time watching videos just as I described. Um, there was also a lot of people saying, you know, go ahead and get active. We did get a $1 super chat from uh, Richard S. I wish you added uh, like a quick comment or a question on there so that way we could have like talked about that a little, but that's okay. Um, Justin Tech says, I spend more time on YouTube than Instagram than Facebook. I'm kind of the same, except I don't spend time on Facebook. The other reason why I wanted to bring this up, and if Jaime was here, he would tell you. Um, I don't know to what extent, but he doesn't, he's not on Facebook anymore. Like, I don't know if he completely deleted his account or anything like that, but he's definitely not on Facebook anymore. If E or I tried to talk to him on Facebook Messenger, we would never get a response. <laughs> uh, let me actually see if he's on Facebook. Yeah, he might still have his account, but what I'm saying is he definitely does not engage anymore. On uh, yeah, on his Facebook. account is still here. Oh, okay. So he doesn't engage is the thing. I mean, and he, I he mean, wanted to get off it. Yeah, his account is here. Uh, his last cross post was from Instagram. Hmm. Oh, so he's just it's just auto posting from there. Yeah, he's here. Okay. Um, to, to add to what you were saying a second ago, E, before we head out of here, um, to anybody out there who might be going out to, like, there were, there were a few people in the live chat also, like, go get, go date, go exercise, go to events, all that stuff, just like E was saying. Uh, there are those people who would be like, yeah, I gotta go there because I'll get a great IG photo out of it. <laughs> but, like, here's the layer that I'll add to it. If you're going to do other things other than be on your social media platforms, um, Especially if you're a creator, this is something that I try to instill in my entire life. I used to be a daily vlogger, so I know what it's like to try and do stuff just so you have content. It sucks to, to, to live that way. So what I would say is in, like, go to something or do something because you enjoy it. The content that you could get out of it comes second. Like you just happen to be at a thing you're enjoying that's when you take the photo. You don't go there to take the photo because we've actually had that problem here. You might have seen news stories uh, e, about how we have a super bloom right now because it's springtime, but they actually banned people from going to this large hilly area where all of these flowers were blooming because a lot of flowers got trampled because people were trying to take pictures, like cool pictures off the path and in the flowers and they were just walking, stepping all over it. It, it, it was terrible. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Anything else in there? Okay. Well, okay. I guess on this note, we're going to go ahead and end it on here. Uh, Eric Pajari says, I'm half drunk already. All right. Well, on that note, I hope everyone's enjoying their Fridays. <laughs> um, e, I'm actually going to be seeing you in the flesh tomorrow. Um, so we're going to be hanging out for the next few days. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a video coming up. At least a joint video in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we'll yeah. be doing together sorry so stay tuned for that that would be cool yeah um, alright cool well we're gonna go ahead and call it on that one let me go ahead and get into our outro uh, that's it for the weekly our theme music is Bloom by Minerva courtesy of a royalty free license with Argo Fox you can learn more in this episode's description follow our crew on Twitter um, E why don't you go ahead and let the people know where they can find you yes you can find me on uh, YouTube Twitter Instagram Facebook all on the board at work spelled with two O's um, and uh, also on our website boardatwork.com 
All right, there we go. Uh, for this chill-ish podcast where we were just talking a little bit existentially about digital wellness, social media, and YouTube at large because that was the biggest story that I saw this past week. Uh, but in any case, uh, I will be back next week. I am, of course, your host, Joshua Vergara. I am found at JV Tech Tea. You know me. I am JV. I love tech, and I love to drink me some tea. I don't have any on me right now, actually. Uh, but in any case, Pocket Now is at Pocket Now on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube in English and Espanol where you can find more views, uh, more news, rather, on the Pocket Now Daily and Pocket now Adario every weekday. Catch up on what the weekly is talking about at pocketnow.com slash podcast. Also, make sure you make your voices heard by emailing us podcast at pocketnow.com. We'd certainly appreciate your feedback through reviews and ratings on Google, Apple, Spotify, Overcast, and wherever you happen to be streaming us because without you, we wouldn't have been able to make this show for your eyes and ears for now seven years straight. Uh, we're actually going to be seeing you out of San Francisco next week. I uh, can't talk about why just yet, but a lot of us are going to be getting together, so I don't know. Maybe we'll have a three- or four-person panel for next week's show, but we're all going to be in the same place. You can look forward to one of those live episodes, and I'm going to ask them what is in their pocket now. But with that said, I'm going to go ahead and call on this one thank you so much again for watching and we will see you next week <laughs>